Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. All right, Amy, one second, because I have to do one of the things that I hate doing the most. Which is? to read my notes off my stupid computer because once again my printer is not working honestly at this point i'm just going to give you my printer it's literally never been hooked up and i feel like you need it more than i do dad keeps offering me one of his i just need to remember to take it you should at some point yeah you should take it at this point i just want you to be happy really that's all i want i know me too happy with your little stack of paper every week I do recycle it, so. I appreciate that. Your commitment to the environment is important. It is. So I'm guessing our topic is not printers this week? Our topic is not printers. And actually, I didn't know what topic to do this week. Oh, no. So What a pickle. Is it pickles? We've already done pickles. pickles. You can't do that. It's not pickles. So listeners, what I need from you is to start sending in topics. I would love that. Because I'm, I'm drying up here. Where can they send topics, Allison? Oh, you can send them to 24expert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. Or you can DM me on Instagram. Or I think those are your options. I don't think we have a contact form on our website. I could add one, though, if you'll send topics to it. (laughs) Honestly, DM on Instagram was great. And 24 expert spell out all the words. Yes. So what I ended up doing was I found an old list I had made when we did the Agent 355 episode. Okay. Because while I was researching Agent 355, I came across some other very interesting women, and I just jotted down a few names for an occasion just like tonight. So we are going to talk about a very interesting woman, and her name is Nellie Bly. I love that. Does this name ring a bell to you at all? Well, isn't she an outlaw? She is not. Oh, then no. Yeah, it didn't ring a bell for me either. I feel like she's a character on Peaky Blinders, but I realize that I say this every time that we're talking about women in history. So there's that. I still have no reference of the show. So I mean, I know what it is. I don't watch it. It will be relevant if you keep making me talk about historical women, I guess. Although it's not about women that much, so I should really stop. Anyway, onward. So let's get into it. So Nellie, whose actual name is Elizabeth Cochran Seaman, was born in 1864 and was an American journalist and a pioneer of investigative journalism. Ooh. Yes. So just a note for tonight or whenever you are, I'm going to refer to Elizabeth as Nellie because Nellie is or will become her pen name. But versus saying Elizabeth and then eventually switching to Nellie just to keep it simple. We're just going to call her Nellie. I like it. So first, a little background on Nellie. Elizabeth Nellie was born on May 5th in Cochrane Mills, Pennsylvania. Her father, Michael, was a merchant, postmaster, and associate justice at Cochrane's Mills, which was named after him, if you didn't put that together. Sure. Michael married twice. With his first wife, he had 10 children. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. <laughs> With you his, said that so casually. So casually. With his second wife, Mary Jane, who was Nellie's mother, he had five more children. So Nellie oh had a lot gosh. of siblings. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So she's one of 15. 
That's a lot of babies. That's a lot of babies. As a young girl, Nellie was often called pink because it was her favorite color to wear. Oh, I think that's adorable. Although as she got older, she dropped the nickname because she wanted to be more sophisticated and mature. Sure. In 1879, she enrolled at Indiana Normal School, which is now the Indiana University of Pennsylvania. However, she could only attend for one term because she couldn't afford to stay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, well, with 15 siblings, you don't get to go to school. Yeah. So I should note that when she was six years old, her father passed away. And then in 1880, her mother moved the family to what is now Pittsburgh. Got it. In 1885, a column for the Pittsburgh Dispatch titled, What Girls Are Good For?, stated that girls were principally for birthing children and keeping house. Ugh. I know. So gross. This prompted Nellie to write a response under the pseudonym Lonely Orphan Girl. Oh. Yeah. And I didn't find anything that talked about why she chose that pseudonym, but... The editor was impressed with her passion and then ran an advertisement asking the author to identify herself... When Nellie came forward, he offered her an opportunity to write a piece for the newspaper under the same pseudonym. Wow. Right. So Lonely Orphan Girl. Lonely Orphan Girl. Was her first pseudonym. Yes. Pseudonym. Yes. That's harder to say than I thought. (laughs) Her first article for the dispatch was called The Girl Puzzle, where she argued that not all women would marry and what was needed was better jobs for women. So she's a big women's advocate. We love it. A feminist. You'll you'll see this throughout her life. Her next article was titled Mad Marriages and was about how divorce affected women and argued for reform of divorce laws. I'm guessing in favor for women. Sure. Probably so that they could have rights to their own stuff. Right. This story was published under the byline of Nellie Bly. So now we are going by Nellie Bly and not Lonely Orphan Girl. So we've matured a bit. And I should point out, all of this is around, I think, young 20s for her. Okay. Wow, she's made quite an impact already. Yes. So, fun fact, at this point in time, it was customary for women who were newspaper writers to use pen names. So, it's typical for them not to use their real name. Okay. Nellie Bly comes from the name of the African-American title character in the popular song, Nellie Bly, by Stephen Foster. Oh, However, I should note that the Nellie we are talking about is white. She's not African-American. Okay. And again, I couldn't see why. And her editor was actually the one who helped her come up with this pen name. name. Interesting. I've not heard the song. Maybe something about her characteristics in the song are similar, but I didn't see anything that really specified why. But just interesting that it's a song. Nellie's editor continued to be impressed by her, and ended up signing her on full-time. While writing for the Pittsburgh Dispatch, she focused on the lives of working women and wrote a series of investigative articles on women factory workers. Oh. After the newspaper received complaints from the factory owners about her writing, she was reassigned to cover fashion, society, and gardening. Oh, barf. Right. These were typical writing roles for women, and she became dissatisfied and bored because she wanted to do something that, end quote, no girl has done before. Good for her. She then traveled to Mexico to serve as a foreign correspondent. 
Wow. She lived in Mexico for about half a year and reported on the lives and customs of the Mexican people. These reports were later turned into a book. She ended up coming back to the U.S. because she had protested the imprisonment of a local journalist who was arrested because they had criticized the Mexican government. Well, then oh. the Mexican government threatened to arrest her, too. Oh, So she yeah. ended up leaving the country. Seems fair. And then came back to the U.S. and then wrote the things she wanted to write about the Mexican government. That's a power move. Yeah, exactly. Once she came back to the U.S., she was once again assigned to things like theater and arts reporting. So she ended up leaving the dispatch in 1887 and moved to New York City. Wow. She's been everywhere. Yeah. So she's like, you know what? You're not going to let me write what I want to write. Bye. Mm -hmm. Do you know who else did that? Who? Andy from 10 Things I Hate About You. Nope, not 10 Things I Hate About You. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Love that one. Seen Mm it. I'm very proud of you. So proud. So unfortunately, when Nellie was in New York, she faced a lot of rejection because editors in New York were not very open to hiring women. So you're telling me these the smaller publications were open to hiring a woman and sending her to Mexico, but New York said no. Well, I think with the Pittsburgh Dispatch, her in was kind of when she had written that anonymous response that Mm. kind of piqued the editor's interest, and she just won them over from there. So she wasn't going in cold trying to get the job. I guess. Still shocking. But anyway. Yeah, and let's all just remember, like, we're still in a time where women can't even vote, so. Oh, yeah. Where are we at about this time? 1887. Yeah, okay. Well, all right then. So we're still like, what, a little less than 40 years away from being able to vote? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So in New York, after four months trying to get work, she ended up taking an undercover assignment for the New York World newspaper, where she agreed to pretend to be insane to investigate reports of brutality and neglect at the Women's Lunatic Asylum on Blackwell Island. Wow. Right. Right. Wow. That's, that's. That's wow. intense. I know. Thank you. That's what I was looking to. Yeah. I was going to say I couldn't come up with the right word. Intense is the right word. Yes. And and brave, but also maybe kind of. Ow. Uh, Amy's kind having a puppy silly. moment. <laughs> I just got head butted. Okay. So quick pause. Let's talk about Blackwell Island. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Blackwell Island which is now called Roosevelt Island. Oh, rebrand. Yeah, exactly. So Blackwell Island was basically where they sent all the people they didn't want to deal with. Oh. There was a prison on the island. There was a smallpox hospital. The wow. Pe- the penitentiary hospital was on the island. Oh, there was an almshouse, which I meant 125th hour. Allie, mark this down. I meant to look up what that is, and I forgot. But anyways, and then there's also what would become the Women's Lunatic Asylum, but started off at just a general lunatic asylum for everybody. Sure. So one thing that was particularly disturbing to me about this asylum is that they named the different buildings things like the Lodge and the Retreat to try and make them sound better than they were. Yeah. So some horrifying facts... Oh. From day one, there was 197 patients 
that was that includes both men and women okay. in a place that was only meant to hold 200. So it's already f- four people away from being overpopulated on day one. Wow. The retreat, which was one of the additional buildings, the lodge and the retreat are like the extra buildings to the main building. The retreat was built to house chronic cases that were too noisy for the main asylum, but weren't too violent. Okay. And the lodge, by 1868, housed 190 women. The building was built to hold 66. Oh. You can see why Nellie maybe needed to do some deep undercover work and expose these people. You could see, it seems high risk though, like... Who's going to believe her to take her out is my really big concern because she's a woman, you know, women. Right. So there's a lot of trust in her editor and newspaper staff, right? Because she does yeah, cause this. What if that guy was just like, hey, you're really annoying. Let's take this undercover job. And then he'd be like, I've never met that woman. I would never. I had the same thought. I had the same thought. And at this point, she's not married. There's no mention of like her family. So yeah, who comes to get her? She has to literally trust her work people to come get her. I mean, we have seen this on so many episodes of like CSI and all of these things, and it never goes well. Not once. Well, luckily for Nellie, it's going to go well. So I will let you know. Okay. I appreciate that you told me that up front because I was going to be really stressed this whole time. Yes. As it has a happy of an ending as a story about the sufferings of people in a sane asylum can have. Sure. Right. I apologize for overlooking that other part. No, I mean, it's the whole thing is just intense and sounds a little like, ooh, risky. Okay. So Nellie ended up spending 10 days at the asylum. She reported on the deplorable conditions, which actually ended up bringing a lot of change in the facilities. That's awesome. A lot of change. Her reportings ended up becoming a book. Wow. And I just thought it was interesting how she actually ended up getting in. So she went to, I forget what they called it, like a women's house or something, but basically sounds like some sort of hotel that's like women's only can stay there. Maybe like a hostel type situation. Sure. And so she ended up like depriving herself of sleep for days to kind of get her in a bad mental space. Wow. And purposefully was doing things to make herself seem crazy like accusing other people of being crazy and then going to kind of like the house mistress and being like, why are all these people acting so weird? What are these people doing? Like, you just don't know what's going to expect from them. So after days of this, the house mistress ends up calling the police. They end up arresting her. And then that's how she got admitted to the asylum. Wow. And she actually stated in some of her articles that she wrote, that she was going to try and be a little more violent to get herself admitted to the lodge, which is apparently where they put the violent people. Sure. But then after actually getting in there and seeing the condition, she was like, no, I'm going to play kind of nice and just stay in the general population. Probably smart. Right. So like I mentioned, she ended up exposing a lot. A lot of reform happened. Funding got bumped up. There was a lot more actual investigations done by the proper authorities into the asylum. So it got a lot of attention. Go her. Yes. And then it, not surprisingly, thrust her into the spotlight and brought her a lot of lasting fame. She had significant impact on American culture and 
shedding light onto the experiences of marginalized women, and she ushered in an era of what they called stunt girl journalism. Although some things I read made it sound like that was not a nice term that was used, like it was used oh. derogatorily. So if it's mean, what, I did apologize. Did you say stuck or? Stunt. Stunt, like a stunt woman. Yeah, like they pull stunts like this, like getting themselves admitted to a hospital too. Got it. Yeah. But all of this leads to what we now call investigative journalism. So she continued to produce regular exposés on New York's underbelly, corruption in the state legislature, unscrupulous employment agencies, black market for buying infants. Like, she did some scary, hard-hitting stuff. She's so brave. She is. She's very brave. And it was noted that her straightforward yet compassionate approach to these issues is what really captivated audiences. Sure. That makes sense. Activist journalists like Nellie were commonly known as muckrakers, and they were a very important part of reform movements. Just wanted to note that. Interesting fact, her celebrity status led her to have an exclusive interview with the allegedly insane serial killer, Lizzie Halliday. Oh. So just, we're going to take one more quick side tangent here. Lizzie Halliday was an Irish-American serial killer responsible for the deaths of four people in upstate New York during the 1890s. In 1894, she became the first woman sentenced to death by the electric chair. However, that sentence would get turned over, and she would end up spending the rest of her life in a mental institution. Wow. And I didn't see anything specifically on her interview with this woman. I just thought it was interesting. It almost kind of felt like, like an Oprah or a Barbara Walters who has such a status that they get to do interviews that like nobody else could yeah. do. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Also, it's kind of cool that she got to set that standard a little bit. Yeah, I agree. So another one of Nellie's famous publications was her trip around the world, which she did in just over 72 days. She pitched the idea based on the fictional novel Around the World in 80 Days. The newspaper ran a contest to keep interest in the story. So while she was traveling, they ran this contest. People could guess down to the second when she would arrive home. And the grand prize was a trip to Europe and spending money to go with it. Wow. During her trip, she went through England, France, Southern Italy, Suez Canal, Sri Lanka, Malaysia, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Japan. She traveled most of the journey alone. And at the time, she had set a world record. So 72 days around the world was the world record. Unfortunately, a few months later, it was broken by George Francis Train, who completed the journey in 67 days. No, George just was a copycat. Yeah, he's like, oh, mm, I can do this. Mm -hmm. After her trip around the world, Nellie quit reporting and started writing serial novels for the New York Family Story Paper. By 1895, she had written 11 novels. And it said that they thought these novels were lost because they were just in this publication, not actual books. Right. But apparently some copies of this paper have been found, and so we have these novels again. That's very cool. Right? Eventually she would go back to writing for the world newspaper as well. In 1895, Nellie married millionaire manufacturer Robert Seaman. She was 31, and Robert was 73. Well, 
Their happiness is what's important. Exactly. Due to her husband's failing health, she left journalism and became the head of the Ironclad Manufacturing Company, which was the <laughs> company he owned. Her husband died, unfortunately, before their 10th anniversary. Oh. Honestly, what a badass woman, though. She is. She totally is. And wait till you She's hear like, some more She's like, you know what? I'll retire from journalism, but then I'm going to run a, f- a million, billionaire, whatever his status was, company. Yeah. Millionaire Manufacturing Company, yeah. Wow. Fun fact, Nellie actually holds two patents. One for a novel milk can and another for a stacking garbage can. And so I actually looked up these patents. The milk can, basically, the top of the jug or the bottle flares out. Oh. Is a patent she holds. And then the other one for the stacking garbage cans. Oh, my gosh. It's every garbage can we use today. The tapered bottom, so you can actually stack them. Yeah. That's her patent. Oh, thanks, Nellie. We yeah. love it. Yeah, right? Isn't that insane? I can't believe she holds two patents. I mean, I can. She's incredible, but, like, what a range. Right? I know. I got myself purposely admitted to a mental asylum, and then I traveled the world in 72 days, and then I'm just going to invent these two patents And run a a manufacturing company. Yeah, and run this manufacturing company. NBD, guys. NBD. Dang. Unfortunately, however, for Nellie, even though she prioritized the welfare of the employees and provided health care, benefits, and recreational facilities to them, she was not so great at running the financial aspects of a business, and unscrupulous employees embezzled hundreds of thousands of dollars and ended up bankrupting the company. Oh. Yeah. We all have flaws, Nellie. You're really great in all the other ways. Exactly. Exactly. It's like one tiny thing you can't do. Right. Just that one thing. We should have maybe caught it earlier, but we live and we learn. Right. Another fun fact, she covered the women's suffrage procession of 1913 and in her article accurately predicted that it would be 1920 before women could vote. Good job, Nellie. Also, can we all agree that women's suffrage is such an appropriate name, but such an also sad name for that movement? But, like, right, we had to suffer to get there, but still. I know. I know. It is. Every time it comes up, I think that, but I get it. Another interesting fact, while writing stories in Europe on the Eastern Front during World War I, she was arrested when she was mistaken for a British spy. Wow. What an honor. Again, how does one get out of that? I assume at this point she was probably famous enough that she could call people to help. She'd be like, I'd be the worst guy ever. Everyone knows me. Yeah. Nellie died in 1922 at the age of 57 because of pneumonia. Oh. But she definitely jammed a lot of life in while she was around. Get it, Nellie. What a great story. Yes. But let's end with some fun facts. I love a fun fact. In 1998, Nellie was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. Amazing. She was honored with a U.S. postage stamp in 2002 as part of the Women in Journalism set. Hmm. There's a memorial art installation of her on Roosevelt Island, which is used to be Blackwell Island, which is where the asylum was. Oh, the New York Press Club confers an annual Nellie Bly Cub Reporter Journalism Award 
to acknowledge the best journalistic effort by an individual with three or less years of professional experience. Wow. So you could be a new journalist and win a Nellie Bly Award. That's very cool. I want an award named after me, but I want to like earn it like Nellie did, but I think that'd be really cool. Oh, it'd be super cool. Yeah. Her story is in many TV, movies, and novels. There's a board game called Round the World with Nellie Bly. Wow. Yeah. All right, Amy, and I saved the best fun fact for last. I love when you do that. There was a Broadway musical of her <gasps> called Nellie Bly that ran for 16 performances. Get it. That is your ultimate achievement in life. I would love to have a Broadway show about my life. What they would talk about, we'll never know. But uh, it would be awesome. Can you imagine them trying to remember your official real job title? Am I official real job title? Yeah, I can't. And then they'd be like, she did this, and then she did this, and then she got a puppy, and that was it. I'd be like, well, we could have added more twists and turns in there. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I have for you tonight, today, whatever you are. I'm Nellie Bly. Do with that what you will. Thanks for letting us talk at you. If you have any comments, corrections, suggestions, or topics of your own, Email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell all the words. It's our website, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us there. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. 